Welcome to Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. In their series, Questions from Prison, Rich and Susan Kallenberg share 14 messages they teach to prisoners and answer their questions from within the walls of captivity. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 18 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, it's week six already in our prison ministry series, yes. Question from Prison. How's it going, in, in your opinion? I hope it's going well. You hope it's yeah. going well? I yes. think it's going uh, really good, and it's exciting and um, actually fun and, and rewarding to watch uh, the women in Folsom Women's Facility um, engage the way they have been uh, engaging. And I think sometimes we leave, uh, you know, with more knowledge than when we went in. Oh, we leave more healed, I believe. Uh, I think that's the, I think that's the key is, it seems to me that every time we leave, we, we just get a little more healing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how it's supposed to work. And so uh, once again, we just leave, we're praising the Lord that, uh, that, we have the opportunity. We have this opportunity. And we look forward to the next, to the following week. Yeah. So. Right now we're going through a book called Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. And if you'd like a copy of that, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. That number is 916-645-1297. And we'd be more than happy to send you a copy out. Great. Uh, Susan, before we get going here, would you uh, please open with a word of prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to come and to learn more about you. We pray that you will be with us, that you would send your spirit to guide our thoughts and our words, and uh, that this program would be a, a, um, a blessing to those that hear, and most of all, to honor and glorify you. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. What does sin cause? Are God's promises meant for you? What does forgiveness have to do with healing? Can I find true peace, and what does that really mean? Of course, the title of our series, as we mentioned before, is Questions from Prison, and these are some pretty good questions, and these are the ones that we are going to deal with today. We're in week six, Susan. What is the title of week six? The title is A Place to Belong, Faith and acceptance, accepting God's forgiveness and healing of your shortcomings. Okay, and let's talk first about, uh, and of course our, our, our first question was what does sin cause, but let's talk first about sin. What is sin? Before we ask what does it cause, and sin is, uh, it, well, the Bible says, says sin is lawlessness. Well, what is lawlessness? It, lawlessness is an is an attitude, an attitude of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, remember when Moses struck the rock, and it seemed like wow, that you know, here he was leading the children of Israel out, and all he did was hit a rock. He disobeyed God one time, and God said, "I'm sorry, but uh, 
you're not going into the promised land. It seemed kind of severe, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I don't think that was a knee-jerk reaction from Moses. I think that he had started to build some resentment up. Because mm-hmm. remember, what did he say to oh, those children? You stiff-necked You people. rebels, I'll bring you water. I'll do this. I'll do, and, and, and he misrepresented God because mm-hmm. God wanted him to speak to the rock. Right. The children were ready for him to speak to the rock and show his gentleness and kindness. Mm-hmm. And Moses showed Moses' anger. Right. And that anger had been festering and building up. And Moses had an attitude of rebellion towards the children of Israel at that point. And that's why it fulfilled itself when he struck the, or struck the rock. And sin is, you, you, there's this attitude that needs to change mm-hmm. in us. And if the attitude of rebellion doesn't change in us, then we can't be healed. Mm -hmm. We can't be God's friends. Does God forgive sin or does God forgive sinners? You see, that's the question. Does God forgive sin or does he forgive sinners? See, sin is history. It's etched in our minds. It has caused us and others great harm, but we are responsible for it. So for healing to happen... We need the forgiveness. Right. What's First John 1, 9 tell us? It says, if, but if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive our, us our sins and purify us from all wrongdoing. He will forgive us our sins mm-hmm. and he will purify us. You see, sin happens in people. It's not just something written in a book to be stamped forgiven every once in a while. Sin causes brain damage. The first time I got drunk, I did something I regret. I was changed. Mm-hmm. I was never the same. Right. And I can think of the first time that I did a lot of things. I was a different person after I did those things. Right. The guy that goes into the bar is a different person when he comes out. Right. If he goes into a certain kind of bar, he's really a different person. And when he comes out, and you know what the the it does, I don't think the um, the severity of the sin, I, I think it has different results. But it's also the thought, you know, Jesus talked about when you um, when you hate your brother in your mind, that's actually committing murder. And so anything that that changes that 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 you have a rebellious mind about even if it if it's an action like going into the bar or it's those thoughts that we all battle you know thoughts of resentment thoughts of anger thoughts of of jealousy thoughts of of uh judgment all those things those change us just as much as actual actions do you know and that that's the thing about sin the the danger with sin it, it the the very condition that we have causes us to be blind to the very condition we have. Right. That is the danger of sin. So it is, it's so hard to describe. It's so um, degrading. It just The condition we have causes us to be blind to the very condition we have. Right. It's so dangerous. God says that it's dangerous. The wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Don't go there. Mm-hmm. Are, there are there things in your past that have ever that have made you the person that you are today, if you think about it. You know, I mean, run run the gamut. Run through some things that you've done in your past. And did it make you a different person? 
It does. It, it does. changes you. Mm-hmm. You know, and so God's. That's why God says, "Don't don't go there, because you will be changed." Not only not only do you hurt other people, but but you you change yourself. You become something else. Mm-hmm. As the Holy Spirit wakes up your conscience, and once again, this is. Uh, well, you, you were talking about, you know, have you ever done something? I think we can get into that cycle of sinning, you know, where um, where we have the the guilt, the hurt, the shame. Okay. And, and then it's hard to get out of So that. what's the remedy for that? The remedy is only God. Right. So what happens if the if you choose a different remedy? What happens, if, which they call a fix? Right. Okay? Self-medication, Self-medication. Right? So what happens when you choose that remedy? You're just putting a Band-Aid on it. Okay, so... So you, let me ask you a question then. When you go and you try to fix it yourself, mm-hmm. do you... You're going to the wrong doctor. Okay, you're going to the wrong <laughs> doctor, but do you usually end up doing something bad when you fix it yourself? It's always something bad, even okay. though we don't think it is. Right. Okay, so then what Self-justification. happens? Self-justification. Self-justification, right. more guilt, more shame, right. and so it's like a dog chasing its tail. Right. Because whenever we try to fix it ourselves, I mean, did David try to fix a problem himself? He sure did. Man, did he fix it? No, he it just got, created worse problems. It got worse and worse and worse until God finally fixed it. But there was ripples, a ripple effect that went through the nation of Israel after right, that. Correct. Things didn't get better because of that. For generations. For generations. Yes. However, God did forgive him, mm-hmm. and, and I... The illustration is there for us to see what God is willing to do to try to heal a person. Right. So when we're when we see that um, sin ha- separates us from God, and we realize that we're a slave to the power of evil, it's like the more we we struggle to escape, the more we realize that we're helpless. Our motives aren't any good. Our heart is 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 not clean, and we see that our life is being filled with selfishness. You know, and it's kind of sad because. Y- you want you long to be forgiven mm-hmm. you long to be clean you long to be set free you want to be in harmony with god and then in the back of your mind the little voices but how can i do that how can i you know how can i even be willing do i have to pray pray that prayer every day lord make me willing to be made willing to be made willing right. what do i have to go through and can i ever find true peace mm-hmm. is um, it ever possible is it possible to find true peace you know um, you can be set financially, and I know people that are set financially. Peace is not in money. Right, um, and peace is what we all need, and the only way we can get it is through heaven's forgiveness. Um, peace, and, and then we have love in our heart. We can't buy it with money or earn it with our best effort. You can't be smart enough or enlightened enough to reach it. You can never hope by our own efforts to have peace in our soul. Instead, God offers it to each one of us as a free gift. And so that brings us to our next question. Can I find true peace? And what does that really mean? And and that causes me to ask the question, is there a difference between having peace all around you and having peace with God? Because I did notice after a year or two of being clean and sober uh, I started running into the devil a little bit more because mm, mm-hmm. I was no longer walking his direction. Right. Um, but there's a difference between that kind of battle 
And st- you can have peace with God and war with the devil. Right. Don't confuse the two. Mm-hmm. And just because it's all breaking loose around you does not mean you cannot have peace with God. Right. There's a, that's a whole different ball game. Actually, peace with God is yours if you just hold out your hands to receive it. That's right. God says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. That's Isaiah 18. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. That's Ezekiel 36, 26. God does some heart surgery, but you've got to trust the doctor. Right. Right? He's able to heal us. Yeah. Jesus healed people uh, when they had faith in his power, right? And he helped them to believe because they could see him healing people right in front of their eyes. When he saw that they could heal, that he could heal them physically, they also began to trust him to heal them spiritually. Because he healed them on the outside, Jesus showed them that he could heal them on the inside as well. Have you ever, um, I know in some of our presentations we do it, we put uh, some um, graphics up on the up on the screen, faces of meth, and uh, basically the discussion comes up if if this drug is doing this to this person on the outside imagine what's happening on the inside imagining what's happening um in the brain of that person and and the healing that has to take place um what does god's forgiveness have to do with healing Mm -hmm. what does this forgiveness have to do with healing is there a connection with simply saying your sins are forgiven and is there any connection there? Do you remember the paralytic that that the that the um, the four friends lowered down? Mm-hmm. And and remember what Jesus said? He said, "You're forgiven." Mm-hmm. And people got a little bit funny about that. And then so Jesus says, "Hey, what's easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say take up your bed and walk?" Right. And everybody looked at each other, and Jesus says, "Arise, take up your bed and walk." Why do you suppose he said you're forgiven first? Why because do you suppose? he has that power to forgive. So okay, he has number one. Okay, mm-hmm. but but l- let me let me bring it back to you and to me. Mm-hmm. Does that sense of forgiveness of truly believing that Jesus has forgiven you help you want? To get well, right? It, it helps you to see things in a new line of vision. Exactly. You all of a sudden, some baggage is getting cut loose. Right. Some see real healing cannot take place until you understand that God has wiped it clean. Right. That you do not have to carry that garbage around with you. Remember, we talked about the dumpster, mm-hmm. the dumpster between the ears, mm-hmm. and the garbage that we put in there, and how that the older that dumpster gets, the more it starts to stink. And all we continue to do every time we do bad stuff is to put more garbage in that dumpster. And until the burden is so it's so heavy. So it's, heavy we give up. Right. That's the danger that God warns us about is is you won't ever want to come back to me. Right. If you just keep in that behavior. Right. It's not about his inability to save us. It's that we harden our hearts so bad that we're not willing to come to him anymore. That's right. We refuse the help. And mm-hmm. God, I mean, there's nothing where, can you imagine God's child saying, thank you, but no thank you. Right. I don't want your forgiveness. I don't want your love. I want to do it my way. And Jesus says, why do you choose death? Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Why are you choosing death? Right. Because he says, um, forgiveness is a gift. 
salvation's a gift and the wages that what you earn with sin is death. Yeah. And he's saying, why will you die? Right. I can't give you up. I, I just can't give you up. Well, why will you die? Mm-hmm. How am I going to let you go, Hosea 11? How can I let you go? And, and so it has to be painful for God to watch his children. And so as we understand that the, the beginning of that healing is that forgiveness, and that's why Jesus, um, and that's why Jesus went to these people and forgave them. So he did a twofold demonstration, didn't he? Yeah. He healed them mm-hmm. to gain them the power and the confidence in him. Mm-hmm. And also he forgived them to begin the process of that healing, which is, you know, which very helpful to me in, in my recovery was I all of a sudden I knew that I was forgiven and didn't have to, to carry that baggage around. All right. It's each one of our privileges to go to Jesus and to be forgiven, to stand before God's law without shame or guilt. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Isn't that true? Yes. And because we belong to him, the power of the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So that forgiveness is the beginning of the of the you know the death hold being loosed from us. So where does this condemnation come from then if it doesn't come from God? It says there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So where do you suppose this condemnation comes from? Well, we know that Jesus, when the woman was thrown down, he said, neither do I condemn you, where is your accusers? And so we know there is somebody else that's an accuser. I think it's in the book of Revelation. It says it? the accuser of brethren. Yeah, so so this condemnation mm-hmm. that 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 as is happening, and, and in my life, personally, I firmly believe it's because I don't accept forgiveness. And as I do not accept forgiveness or as I cannot forgive myself, mm-hmm. the antithesis of that is condemnation. Right. So if I can't forgive myself, because intellectually I know God has forgiven me, mm-hmm. but if I can't forgive myself, the only thing I can do is condemn myself mm-hmm. because looking at that stuff, looking at that dumpster mm-hmm. is just it's too much. It's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's too much. And so that's why believing and trusting that God is going to do. Remember 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. faithful. He will keep his promise. Mm -hmm. He will do. He, 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 not me. Right. And so all I need to do is to surrender and believe and trust that he's going to keep his word always. Right. And then there is, as, as the woman that was laying there at his feet, and he says, where are your accusers? There's no one. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Right. And go and sin go no and more. Go and sin no more. Go, just go be a better girl. Right. That's all. Go and don't be in bondage anymore Don't be to in your bondage sins. anymore. Stay on track. Right. right. <laughs> you know? Right. Because when we turn our life over to God, um, then we become his. And as we continue to turn our lives over to him, we can remain with him. The Apostle Paul says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. That's Colossians 2, 6. Yeah, now, some people feel they must be like like on a probationary period or prove to God that they've changed their lives before they can receive God's help. The truth is that you can claim God's blessing and help right now. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to help with all your weaknesses because you cannot resist evil. And you know the beautiful thing is that Jesus loves to have us come to him just as we are, sinful, 
helpless and dependent. And he wants each one of us to come with him with all the stuff we've ever done wrong to bring our twisted memories and to fall at his feet in true regret for what we've done. Because when we can come to him like that, that's when we can say, um, uh, he, I believe it's uh, 1 Corinthians, it says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And, and you know what? It, it just goes against the carnal mind. But when you think spiritually. I've got to be strong. I've got to do this on my own. Yeah. And, and and really, I mean, it's just like a child bringing his problems to his parents. Right. You want the child to bring the problems to the parents, and the parent can help. But if the child does not bring the problems to the parents, the parent cannot help. He wants to wrap you in his arms, bandage the wounds caused by your sins, and cleanse you from your addictions, your impurity, your anger issues, your jealousy issues, uh, whatever issues that we have that we all have he does not want us to see us bound up in those things and a lot of times a lot of us will get hung up right there and we don't believe that jesus forgives us and we don't take god at his word and we don't trust him but the truth is is that when we repent confess and surrender to god we can know for sure that god freely forgives every single sin we don't believe that god's promises are not meant for you that's right. You know, and so, I mean, let's think about it logically. When we surrender, when we give up, what are we giving up when we give up everything? We're giving up a heart polluted by sin. And Jesus gives us back a life purified through his death and saved by his uncomparable love. I mean, that's an unbelievable deal, right? It is. How can anyone think it's hard to surrender him? I mean, we give up, we give him up a dumpster to him. And he gives us back a mansion in heaven. Right. Um, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. And, and you know what? That's reality. That's what reality is. We live and we look around here at all this temporal stuff, you know, the new car, the shiny car. Um, the bank account. The bank account. The, the, the retirement account and, and this and that. And we look at, at these things and they're temporal. And Jesus has kept keeps trying to tell us that that look at the permanent thing. The permanent thing is heaven. It's the better land. It's the right. better land. It's the promised land. Mm-hmm. God says, "Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord, that He may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for He will forgive generously." This is Isaiah fifty-five seven. I've swept away your sins like a cloud. I've scattered your offenses like the morning mist. Oh, return to me, for I have paid the price to set you free, Isaiah forty four twenty two. I don't want you to die, says the Lord. Turn back and live, Ezekiel eighteen thirty two. See, Satan is ready to steal your trust in God's promises. That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done that, you know, and he he's the condemning voice. He's the accusing voice. He's the one that that can can ruin everything if you will, if you allow him to do it, and you can't fight him on your That's own. That's right, because Jesus is the one who's the great physician. He's, He's the one who can heal us and and uh, take care of the of all that baggage and that trash that we we put in that dumpster. Yeah, you remember the prodigal son? I do. And he's he's in the pig pen. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a story! He's in the pig pen, and. I don't even know that he knew his father that well. All he knew was he was going to come home and get a hot meal. And he says, and he prepares a speech, right? He says, he says, uh, 
he says he prepares this speech that he wants to be made like one of the father's service, like like a hired hand, and uh, and he goes to the and, and and the father is looking down the road, and the child and the and the young man's you know I don't know what he looked like, what he smelled like, but he's been in a pig pen, mm-hmm. and the father runs and he hugs him and he says, "No one's going to see you like this. Bring a robe," mm-hmm. and immediately he begins to do all these wonderful things, and the child begins his speech. And the father won't even let him finish his speech. The father had forgiven him. The father wanted to clothe him. The father wanted to take care of him, just as God wants to take care of you. And I often like to um, like to associate my um, my recovery in the same way Uh that that once I the more I get to know God, the better it is. Yes. Now next week we're going to head into. week seven of the book, Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. If you'd like to get a hold of the book, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series Questions from Prison. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in addiction captivity. Whether behind walls or not, Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step, biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Call 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.